Hey guys, welcome back to the Camp Kids Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and today we are diving deep with my friend, Chip. I met Chip back in 2021 at Camp Sacagawea, and I learned while we were there that she is also a fellow musician. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. We're also going to dive deep into her past camp experiences with Girl Scout camps and how she's kind of transitioned over into scouts. So I hope you enjoyed this interview with Chip. Hey, hey, hey. Hello. My first question for you is tell me all about your camp background and experience. Like where did you go to camp with what organization and for how long? Yeah, so my camp experience started when I was but a wee lass. I was a daisy and I went to my first overnight camp with my best friend. It was Camp Lakota. It was a very small camp in Iowa. I think it was kind of close to Camp Sacagawea. And I went for my first overnight camp and I loved it. I remember very clearly there was like a tornado and we had to like get into the shelter. And like, but I still loved it so much. As that camp, I grew out of it or it closed. I went to Camp Sacagawea in Boone, Iowa. And I went to Camp Tanglefoot in Clear Lake, Iowa. I've been really going on excursions with my local Boy Scout troop. And just doing small campouts for the weekends um, around Iowa. Hopefully they'll let me in on their, it's a high adventure trip is what they call it. I got to see like what adults need or want to go to that. If they're going somewhere that I have the training to go to, all of that stuff. Oh, wow. That's awesome. All the camps that you went to when you were younger, was that all through the Girl Scouts then? It was all through Girl Scouts of Greater Iowa. And then just recently now I've been with, uh, I think they just go by Scouts. But most of the people in the troop say Boy Scouts. And then you've also transitioned from being a camper into a counselor. Kind of walk me through that transition as well. I was at Girl Scout camp and I had a really amazing counselor. I do, I wish I knew where she was now. Um, her name was Crescent and she was my absolute favorite camp counselor. And I was working at like a big girl job and then I decided that it wasn't best for me to continue with that company. Um, I actually had to quit and I was coming up to summer. This was like the summer of my freshman year of college. And I was like, man, I'm just going to apply it like a different big girl job. I'm going to put the little like dream of being a camp counselor in like my back pocket. I'm just not going to do it. And then I was kicking myself like I was going to the first day I was driving to my other job that I had applied to and like gotten into and I was just kept thinking about going back to camp and I just kept thinking about like Crescent and I kept thinking about how camp feels and I walked in like the first day of the job and before even like applying to be a camp counselor seeing if they even had availability I was like I have a different employment opportunity thank you for this one I'm gonna go do that. So I then got to work at Girl Scout Camp Sacagawea for the summer of 2021 into 2022. Well, I know your camp name, but would you mind sharing what your camp name is for us and the story behind it? Yeah. So my camp name is Chip. I was like, oh yeah, that's a thing. So I was thinking about it and I really love Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast is a very special movie, a very special story to me. My dad put it on all the time when I was little, but I was like, "Mm, I don't think I want Belle to be my camp name. And then I was like, what's the next best character in Beauty and the Beast? And of course it was Chip the Teacup. It very soonly became, um, 
just like a like chip you know <laughs> like very that was me that was my personality not really a teacup but in my heart it's still shipped a teacup oh that's awesome <laughs> And me knowing like your background with like music and everything, I when I found out your name was Ship, I was like, oh my gosh, that's just so perfect for you. Yep. <laughs> what kept you coming back to camp? When I was like a camper, I was cookie sales. I remember quite a few years, my grandfather buying cases and cases of Thin Mints just so I could get to camp for buying cookies and stuff like that. Of course, he liked the Thin Mints and he ate them, but he bought them mainly so I could go to camp. As a camp counselor, it just is like the place to be. I'm an RA at Drake University, and it's very similar to being a camp counselor, just for like adults instead of children. As being an RA, I have that same fulfilling role of touching so many lives and helping people and planning programs. You don't have the like outside magical spirit of the woods just like being there. Um, So coming back to camp always was just like, I'm here. This is home. This is outside. Even when it's hot and sweltering and you don't want to be outside, you want to just stay in the air conditioning all day. You're sunburned. It was just still a lovely place to be and a magical place to be. So I still got to fulfill my role of touching other people's lives and changing them, seeing young girls figure out who they are, like outside. So that's why I kept coming back. Trying to explain that outside piece to like people who are not from camp. It's like, why don't you just go outside and like figure it out? (laughs) It's hard to explain it to others, but it is magical. It's really difficult. Like I missed hammocking so much that when I came back to Drake we have like these little hammock swing contraction thingies I went online and I bought myself a hammock and I think I took all of like my zoom classes outside in that hammock I was just like I miss outside I agree ah and yes what a good investment to have a little hammock (laughs) I I think I have three like I have one at home one here and then one in my the trunk of my car Oh, nice. So you've got an emergency hammock is what I just heard. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know it. (laughs) That's awesome. I know that you had talked about Crescent as someone that inspired you. Was there anybody else that inspired you? And how did they do that? I don't remember their names because at Camp Tanglefoot, they had like real people names, not camp names. (gasps) I didn't know know that. Side story. When I went to lifeguard training for the last summer that I was at camp, they were like, oh, what's your name? And I was like, it's Chip. And they were like, huh? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and it was so weird and disorienting to like hear my actual name while being outside. There were quite a few different counselors like at Camp Tinglefoot that I remember. They were just super nice. Phil was one of them. And Phil is actually still at Camp Tinglefoot. And I found that out this summer because I saw Phil and I was like, whoa. You look way different than the last time I saw you. Very funky fresh. I know we've said Marvel a lot on this podcast. I listen to a lot of this podcast on the plane. I remember Marvel being a big person in my like memory. So many. So it's just like every single one of them was amazing. I don't think I ever had a camp counselor that like I went home at the end of the week of camp and I was like, man, I didn't like that one. So my next question is, what is the most important lesson that you've learned from camp? It's just kind of not going to work out. Someone needs to have a good time or at least pretend to have a good time and have their bad time later. Oh my God. So it like really, really taught me that like things are going to be okay. And if they're not okay, they'll be okay eventually. And I've taken that 
everywhere. Interview for a job, if I apply for an internship, if something weird happens with like being an RA, I have to just sit down and tell myself things are going to be okay. And even if they're not, they will be eventually. I think that camp teaches us patience. Absolutely. Like nobody's business. And so you're right. All right, well, I've got to learn that it's okay to not be okay. And eventually I will be okay. (laughs) Right. Awesome. For sure. Well, you had also mentioned that you are now working with scouts. I would like to hear from your perspective, what are some similarities and differences between Scouts and Girl Scouts now that you've had an opportunity to work for both organizations? With the Scouts, my first camping weekend with them with like, here's the plan. This is what we're going to do. X, Y, Z. These are all the things we're doing. I looked up all the hiking maps for this state park. And then I got to the like drop off zone where we like make sure everyone was there. And there was parents going with us and it was parents and their scouts. And I was just there for like keeping a ratio. And then eventually we had enough people. So I was just there because I wanted to be. And it was just such a different experience because with the Girl Scouts, when you're like a camp counselor, you have to plan everything. You have to do all the things, request for supplies in advance, all of that stuff. But for the scouts, I literally just like sat in my hammock all day, like in the woods. And then if they needed something, they were to come to me. The age that they are, it's very much that they are leading. Adults are there to make sure that no one's not going to be okay at the end of the night. And adults are resources rather than it's Girl Scouts are still girl led, but it's also more. I'm going to say taxing, but it's not really that taxing. Um, on the counselor. I would agree with that. Now, my involvement was pre-Scouts when it was called Boy Scouts, when my brother was going through it as well. And it was the same situation that you're talking about now. I feel like they do a really good job of instilling in kids, hey, if you really want something, you're going to have to make a plan and go for it. You want that merit badge? You need to find the resources to do it yourself. And then if you need help, we're here for you. We can give you resources, but by no means are we going to program it out for you. And I think that really does teach a lot of autonomy as well. Well, it's also just like whack because now I am lifeguard certified. So some of the boys eventually will come to me and ask me to be their like swimming merit badge counselor once I go through all of the official hoops to do that. And it's just so vastly different because in the Girl Scouts, it's like the adults will help them kind of with the planning. But with the Boy Scouts, I can't be like, hey, you should really get your swimming merit badge. They have to come to me and say, will you be my swimming badge merit counselor? Transitioning back um, your camp experience, what is your funniest camp story? I think my funniest camp story for sure has to be when... I had a big old group of daisies and they just were not going to bed. So we had a bunch of them. I was with Solar. She's a different, she's another counselor. She's wonderful. I think she's a UL now at Camp Sack. And Solar had half the kids like, and she was in the room with one shoe on because they were asking about her like ankle tattoo. So she had one shoe on, one shoe off, playing the ukulele with like one of her hair and braids and like a braid and the other one wasn't and like I walked in from my paperwork time and I looked at her and I was like 
oh my goodness, what is going on? Like I figured the problem out and then we had to like talk a bunch of like camp war stories to these children to get them to go to bed. And there were three of them that could not. So I had the brightest idea of doing exercise. So then I had to run laps around the campsite with these three children until they were ready to go to bed. It was a random night. It was a 12 o'clock night. My chip did not go to bed until super late. Oh, man. Yes, I have been in those situations where campers cannot sleep. It's never fun. It is never fun. And sometimes you have to, I'm not a lap runner person. So running laps for like 30 minutes with children and I'm just like trying to get them to go to bed, telling them camp lore stories. It's, it was, it was a weird night. Now for everybody else listening, paperwork is our, your code language for taking a break. So uh, is that correct? Yes. Okay. It's just because like, when you when the kids hear like break sometimes they're like i'm a lot of work Mm -hmm. so it's to keep them having fun so what do you do in the real world i'm currently in pursuit of a degree in magazine media with a minor in musical theater sometimes i do opera um i'm an ra at drake university it's a lot of work so i like to claim it (laughs) out here doing things and eventually i would like to work for national geographic or a travel agency where I can just like take pictures and be outside and like write articles about being outside. I also would like to work for the National Park Service at some point in time. I know for sure your camp experience will help you with that. Yeah. I can sleep in a hammock. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) One out of the three that you already have. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, if you could bring anything from camp into your everyday life, what would it be? Honestly, I think the being outside. I know everyone will tell you that like being outside is the best thing that will ever happen. And it is. I didn't have an appreciation for being outside when I was like pre-camp. Between the like camper years and counselor years, I hated going outside. I didn't like it. I just wanted to stay in and work and make money. I love being outside now. It's so nice. I like existing outside. It's just, it's very nice to be able to come in and like sleep in a warm bed, but it's also very nice to like open your tent and it'd be like 20 below and you are just like in the winter. It's also very nice to like have the breeze as you fall asleep in your hammock. Outside is just so good and I love it so much and I wish I could do it more in my everyday life. So wait, did I just hear you say that you've gone winter camping before? Kind of. I cheated a little. (laughs) I took my brother to a winter camping thing and then I slept in my car for a little bit and then I came back and I like got him. So I cheated a little bit, but it's okay. (laughs) Hey, I don't blame you. I mean, it gets cold here in Missouri. I can't imagine how cold it gets up there. I mostly have spent time at Camp Sacagawea in August. It's beautiful. In August. Absolutely. Southern Missouri in August is awful. I mean, I, just awful. So can't I can only imagine how cold winter camping would actually be out there. <laughs> yeah, no, I took him and I had to pick him up. So I slept for a little bit in my car. And then I went back and got him. So it wasn't, yeah, but it was still outside and it was still really cold. And I actually had to like hike in the site in Crocs because I was unprepared and it was kind of before I was outside loving. So I had to hike in snow and Crocs and it was not great. <laughs> Ooh. 
but we learned our lessons. <laughs> oh my goodness. If you could change one thing about your camp experience, what would it be? I wish that I could do it for longer. I actually had to leave camp last summer kind of before it even really started because I got accepted into a travel abroad program for a month that I just came back from. And as we know, camp counselors are not the richest people in the world. So I had to kind of choose this amazing study abroad experience that I might not get again or to stay at camp. And it was a very hard choice. And I cried a little bit on the drive home because I knew that I had to go abroad. I knew that I've been wanting to do this and I didn't know if I would ever get an opportunity to do so again. I really, really, really love camp and I love being outside and I love the, just the people that I have met at camp as a counselor have been wonderful and I wish that I could do more. I'm going to try my hardest to get there for like a week or a few days this summer, but I don't know if that's gonna be possible. I really hope I can but just to have more time at camp. Are you hoping to go back to Camp Sacagawea? Are you hoping to try something different? Probably Camp Sac. I'm trying to summer RA. So it's a program that we have, like would like to be here because I don't want to move all of my stuff back home. I'm kind of lazy. So (laughs) probably at Camp Sac because it's close enough that I could go out there for a day or two and still be able to come back and have my responsibilities here. I do think that eventually I would like to go and work outside of Iowa and outside of the Girl Scouts of Greater Iowa, as great of an organization as it is. I really would like to see what other camps look like and how they are structured and function. Maybe I'll see what's going on up there. (laughs) We'll see. That's awesome. Rocks and trees is my favorite. I learned it a couple of summers ago and it was just like, Ah, this is what camp feels like in a song. Oh my goodness. I love that song. so, <laughs> And I've only heard it at Camp Sacagawea too. Um, I ask all my guests this. Would you mind singing a little bit of it for us? Yeah. Um, so it's actually like a three-part round situation. Um, but I can sing. I can sing a little bit. I did just get out of the choir. So <laughs> um, the first part is like, the main and then you kind of like build a triangle up as music is (laughs) but the first one is a little something like this it goes rocks and trees are all of me rocks and trees are all of me grass and dew are all of you grass and dew are all of you Well, thank you for singing that. You've got such a lovely voice. Thank you. What is your favorite camp meal? I think I have two. As a camper, my favorite meal was the Captain is in the morning. It was Captain Crunch, but with no berries. It was just like the little squares. And then I would put blueberries in it. Mm. And I think I came back to camp every year just so I can find that specific Captain Crunch anywhere but camp. Oh. So... (laughs) It was that, but as a counselor, since then I've become vegetarian. So I think Sister Rose's casserole, but the vegetarian style is one of my favorites. Ooh. It's one of those ones that the kids are like, ew, but all the counselors are like, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So what is your favorite camp tradition? Um, 
Well, I this is actually a different one. I write about it online and I tried to start it at Camp Sack, but then I had to leave. But it's called like fellowship fires, or I think some people call them friendship fires. But essentially, after the ashes have cooled, you take ashes from that fire and then you put it like in a jar or a little pouch and then you carry it with you and then you add those ashes to the next campfire you're at. And I think it's very moving. It's like you remember the friends you made along the way. You remember all of the good times you had. Um, and I just really think that that's important to remember your camp friends and remember your time at camp. I like, I'm sitting in my room at Drake and I'm like looking at my like camp Sacagawea friendship rock <laughs> that I <gasps> got from you. Yep, yes! I have it. <laughs> I'm looking at my friendship rock. I'm looking at my like camp sack photo, like with all the staff members. Like I still have that stuff, and then I have ashes from my last fire at camp sack so far. And I just think it's really it's a great and moving tradition that I wish more people did because I didn't learn about it until I was just like online looking for things to do for camp. I'm very excited to see where my next ashes will go. Ashes after that will spread. Now that you mentioned that, I remember someone and I can't remember if they were like a past Boy Scout or if they came from a different council, but they did that. And Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty powerful because, like, they had said that their ashes had been, like, all over the United States. Yeah, that is, like, the big goal for me because I just think it's so cool. I don't know. Some people would be like, it's just fire ashes, but, like, you don't understand until you're there. It's camp, like, a campfire is such a moving piece of art, and I wish more people got to see it more. I have Camp Sacagawea ashes, and I also have two of my home camp ashes. And one of my camps has since closed. So like Mm -hmm. that is the most important thing to me out of all of my camp things because you can no longer have that. Well, hopefully everybody who's listening, you now have a job this summer. If you're working at a camp, you must now start this tradition. (laughs) Please. It's it's my favorite little thing. It makes my my camp heart so happy that I have ashes. Once they're cool, be careful if they're hot. Oh, yes, we should probably put that caveat in there. Don't touch hot things. (laughs) (laughs) Wait till the next morning. (laughs) Wait till the next morning. Please, I'm begging you. (laughs) Make it a part of your flag retirement ceremony procedures. Go back the next morning, collect the grommets, keep a couple ashes. Yeah, that reminds me. I remember growing up when we would do those, we would hand out ashes from that as well. I might have some ashes from that too somewhere. Anyway. Um. I completely (laughs) forgot about grommets. I also am looking at my grommet. I wore my grommet when I like had my interview for being an RA. Like, I love them. I have like three. I know you're not supposed to, but we did like a really big flag ceremony retirement fire with the scouts. So afterwards, all the boys were collecting them. And I was like, okay, I'll get one for my friend and I'll get one for my boyfriend. I'll get one for me. <laughs> I think I still have my grommet from the first one that I led when I was a counselor in training. I'm so glad that you have mine. That makes me say so I, I want to keep this podcast going for a long time. And so I ask all my guests, who should I interview next? I don't know if you can find Flickr, but Flickr would be a really good one. Or honestly, Phil from Tanglefoot. Phil's been at Tanglefoot forever, like since I was but a wee last. So Phil for sure probably has some crazy stories. 
Okay. What do you miss the most from camp? Um, I think I miss like more singing, which is kind of weird to say because I am an active singer at university. But it's more fun to sing like about an Austrian going yodeling than it is about like singing in Russian for a performance piece. I really miss singing cute little slow songs that I don't really have to put in work or think a lot to sing like I do here. Here I challenge singing and that's what I do a lot of. Or like when singing opera stuff, that's like a, I have to think about how I'm singing or like I could mess up my voice really bad. But at camp it's just like, I'm gonna sing about an Austrian. I'm gonna sing about a mango. I completely agree with you. Fun fact, I am doing Once an Austrian Went Yodeling in my first grade classes right now. We're talking about yodeling and Austrian music. So, uh, fun I had like, I had like an intellectual debate about how Rattlenbog went on my um, a study abroad trip. There was like seven or eight camp counselors on that trip from different camps, like across the United States. Oh my goodness. So there was a whole debate about how Rattlenbog went and <gasps> a couple people thought that Rattlenbog and the green glass grows all around is the same song and we had to be like no they're no. not oh my goodness <laughs> there was a very well, very very intellectual plain debate about it I know you're going to Ireland you'll definitely mm-hmm. have to ask them how they sing Rattlenbog the one wedding that went viral where they're singing it at the wedding like I'm sure that you'll get a really good rendition over there. On the way to London, there was a lot of problems with our plane. So we didn't actually leave until a day after we were supposed to because they broke the tow bar on the plane, which I still don't think is the real part. Um, But so my biggest regret, I think, in this trip was I we were talking about Rattlin' Bog and uh, I was like, I should have just taught everyone Rattlin' Bog. So hopefully... For this choir tour, I can teach people camp songs and we can have a grand old time singing Rattlin' Bog in Ireland and getting weird looks because I'm sure they have a way different version. I agree with you what you said about the singing. I think there's a reason why we still continue to sing folk songs today. It's because it has that same essence of music at camp. You're just so much more able to connect to it than a lot of other pieces of music. And it's almost like when you're singing, you're not having to think about singing. You're just living through song. That is for sure what it is. I love being a musician and I love challenging my brain and I love learning different styles. I love all of the everything about being a music performance person at college and throughout my life. There's nothing like singing Edelweiss at a campfire where you don't have to think about how good you sound. You don't have to think about if you're going to get a job out of this, if you don't have to think about any of that stuff that you have to think about while you are challenging yourself and singing elsewhere. That was well put. My last question for you is where can people find you if they want to contact you or follow you? My Facebook is Liv Quasson. It sounds like it's spelled like a pickle, but it's not. It's with a K and no U in the middle. <laughs> uh, my Instagram handle, oh, what, what even is it? Let me look it up really quick. It's the Liv Clawson. I keep asking everybody. It's like, how can people follow you? And they're like, what is in my Instagram handle? It's like, you can definitely tell we spend time outdoors. (laughs) Is there anything else that you wanted to share while you're here on the podcast? Yeah. If you are thinking about being a camp counselor and you don't have real world 
things that are happening that are taking you away from doing so, just do it. Just try it. There are so many wonderful memories I have from camp staff. I have permanently stained my Crocs with tie-dye. That's just something that happens at camp. It's an experience you will never forget and you'll meet so many wonderful people. You'll learn so many fun songs. You'll learn things about yourself. You'll have an appreciation for outside. It is one of the best decisions I think I've ever made in my entire life as of the 21 years that I have lived it. Just do it. Go to camp. I love that. Chip, thank you so, so, so much for being on the podcast. I greatly appreciate your time and all of your effort into this. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having this. I was looking for one because I was camp sick the other day and I found yours. <laughs> yes. That is exactly why I created this podcast. One, there's nothing else like it out there. And mm-hmm. two, I mean, once I have like this huge library going, it's like anybody can have camp at any time, anywhere, especially for us who don't get to go back for like a full summer anymore. It's really great for us. So I know it's so sad, but it's, your podcast definitely is helping with camp sickness, I will say. I can Aww. confirm. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, camp kids. That was Chip. I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you did, it would be greatly appreciated if you would share, like, and subscribe to our show. We've got lots of great interviews coming up. And as a reminder, if you would like to share your experience on the Camp Kids podcast, make sure that you email the camp kid podcast at gmail.com. All right, camp kids, that's all that I have for you now. But remember, this is good night and not goodbye.